stats are for losers. Welcome everyone to Statistically Speaking. I'm your co-host Kyle, with me always is Blinken. And this week we have a very special guest. He is a betting prodigy, uh, just a regular guy. He's on Twitter, his name is Kyle Hunter. Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me in here today. Yeah, um, we are excited to have you. Uh, I'm a, I wanna hear exactly what you think about these week two matchups we got, um, because I, I think you have great expertise in this, in this area, uh, betting and spreads and uh, what exactly um, do you do on Twitter and how did you get started and tell us a little bit about yourself and all that jazz. Yeah, so the short of it is uh, I got into this uh, in late 2009. Before that, I was actually a finance guy and investing uh, mutual funds. I, I still am an investing guy, you know, on the side, but uh, uh, sports betting kind of took over. I was writing articles on the side and got asked if I, I wanted to professionally handicap basically because the articles had done really well as far as predictions. So uh, I got really fortunate, to be honest, guys, the first year I was in it. Uh, I just uh, did really, really good, you know, just uh, results that you couldn't do year after year, obviously. Uh, you guys know that, you know, nobody's just going to lap the field every year when it comes to, to sports betting. There's no 60% constantly or anything like that. But great first year that really helped me a lot and helped people kind of see who I was. And then I got rid of the nine to five job and focused on the sports betting full time and uh, and sports and sports betting. And you know, just uh, feel really fortunate to have been in this position. Uh, totals are my specialty. Uh, Long term, about 58% on uh, college football totals and a 1,200 uh, sample size going back to late 2009 there. So uh, that's my, my big thing when it comes to college football. Uh, and I was named uh, there a couple of years ago, the handicapper of the decade by Capper Reviews. So pretty cool. Uh, I, I be honest, I'm just an average, humble guy who loves sports. And, uh, you know, some of those handicappers are used car salesmen. And I really don't like that style. I, I'm, I'm just the laid back guy who's like, yeah, we'll just, you know, do the best I can, let my record do the talking for me. So I'm happy to be on here and uh, breaking down these games this week with you. So, so I have a, I have a question. <clears throat> Last week, I put down a, what I called the Oklahoma haters parlay. Uh, <clears throat> that was Utah to cover minus two and a half, Oregon State to cover minus two, Georgia to cover minus 16 and a half, Rice to, to cover plus 32 and a half, and Louisiana, or Louisiana Monroe to cover plus 37 and a half. What do you think of my haters parlay? Well, I mean, you could tell it definitely tell you're a hater there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, some of those were were plays that you you could argue Utah probably should have won. I mean, that was a that was a game that was right there for them. Uh, I remember thinking uh, it was second goal, wasn't it? I believe when they threw that interception, yep. it was a totally unnecessary pass right there. Um, they had at least a field goal to put them in overtime there for free. So, uh, surprising bad decision by Cam Rising, but uh, the. Uh, the Rice one and the and the UL Monroe one is the ones that surprised me of your of your parlay picks. Yeah, he he cannot help himself if it's if it's against Texas, he has to do it. I can't, I can't help myself. <laughs> it's, it's blood. <laughs> so there you go. 
what would you have put? Uh, it, you didn't go back this far. Uh, you said fifty-eight percent since what two thousand nine? Is that what you said? Or two thousand? Yeah, say? late two thousand nine. Okay. What would you have put uh, on Michigan and App State back in the back in the day on that famous that famous upset? What would you have done? Boy, man, I have no idea. Uh, you know, I'd love to say, oh, I would have had App State, you know, and just be the, yeah. the average guy yeah. that just – but uh, I remember watching that game. I, I think that was the first game for the Big Ten Network, if I remember correctly. The Big Ten Network kicks off, and it's like, well, what a way to kick things off for the Big Ten Network. Um, you know, I, I think I probably would have uh, thought that that was a good game to pass on, to be honest. So yeah. I think I probably would have just passed and been rooting for App State. <laughs> That game has kind of like just kind of messed with me forever because now no matter what, who's playing, no matter what, I'm always like, you know, there is a chance though. You got to go back. App State did it. Like I could see it happening. So it, it always, I always pick upsets and I usually don't get them right. Or I get, I get close to getting them right. I'm like, ah, oh, App State ruined me. I, I, I always want a crazy underdog to win. Um, like, like even Sam Houston A&M last week, I was like, you know, you know, there's a chance. Uh, I, I don't think Jimbo's offense will be there. You know, they're almost two-time defending FCS champs. You know, there it is possible. But then, what was it, 31-0? I would have lost everything. So, I, it's App State's fault. I, I blame them for all my uh, underdog rooting. That's a that's a long ways back now. I mean, you <laughs> might you might have to try to think of a different game from now on. <laughs> So um, you said you specialize in totals, right? Uh, you're a Midwestern guy. Uh, how much money have you won betting the under in Iowa games? Oh, man. I tell you, at this point, uh, that it almost feels like that ship has sailed now because now they put totals of like 39 and a half on the game. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what do I do now? Uh, you know what I would like in this, too, is the Navy-Army games. You guys are familiar with this, I'm sure. Navy and Army has gone under like 15 years in a row or something like that. And I, I've told this story before, but I think I cashed on like the first eight or nine of those. And then the numbers started getting so low that I said, I can't take this. I have to pass. And now I'm every, every, every year I'm like, oh, man, I should have taken it again. You know, like one of these times we're going to get a Navy Army total of like 29 and a half or something like that. And, and the same with Iowa. I mean, you know, definitely setting uh, offense back several years with their performance there against uh, uh, was it South Dakota State, I believe? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, seven to three. And you would think, uh, well, that's a pretty normal score, but it didn't get there in a normal way. That's for sure. But no, yeah. Kirk Ferentz is the most uh, predictable coach of any coach in uh, college football. He's been there longer than anybody else. And we know what's going to happen. Iowa's going to have an amazing defense, really good special teams, a terrible offense. And we're going to wonder how they won so many games. Yeah. Hasn't he been there since like. 2001 or something crazy like that i think it's been even longer than that I think it's it's, it's longer than that he was he yeah, was the like, longest tenured coach even when bob stoops was coaching Oklahoma. oh god <laughs> yeah okay yeah it's been a while i think he took over for hayden fry if i and that's that's been a long time ago so uh ference uh he's a great i think he's a good coach you know i like i like iowa i like to root for them they're their hard nosed style but it is difficult to watch some of their games, to be fair. You know, not the highest watchability level uh, with with Ferentz. Uh, you know, he was actually hired in 1998, I see. So, um, yeah, he's been there for a really long time. And, 
Iowa has been a good under moneymaker for me. And I'll just say this. When I see a total for Iowa games, the options are under or pass. There are no overs for Iowa games. Okay, well, um, I mean, I guess let's get right into week two. We got, I think Iowa's on the board for these for these pick'em games. Who we, who we got up first? Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. Let's uh, let's go. Arizona State at Oklahoma State. <clears throat> that opened at uh, minus eleven. Vegas Insider is where I got these numbers from. Uh, earlier this afternoon, it was at ten and a half, minus ten and a half for Oklahoma State. Um, what do you guys think? Um, I'm, I'm going with, I mean, we're, we're just doing, um, straight up, but, um, I think I would choose Oklahoma state. Um, and I'm trying not, I'm trying not to be like big 12 bias here, but I've, I've just seen them play a lot and I think they'll be okay this season. So, you know, it's Arizona state. So 10, would you say 10 and a half, 11? That, yeah, open at 11. Uh, right I, now it's at two I think, and a half. I think they hit that fine. So I'm going with Oklahoma State for sure. Yeah, for me, uh, Oklahoma State winning straight up is is a fairly easy uh, look for me. I, I don't think Arizona State beats them in this game. Uh, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I think Mike Gundy is a really good coach. Uh, he's, he's made good money for betters for a long time. Uh, this is a guy who, I mean, after all, he is a man. And, uh, you know, he's a uh, Gundy consistently. He does get a lot out of this team every single year. Um, This this is a Oklahoma State team that, to be honest with you, I didn't expect the offensive explosion that we saw from them last week. I mean, that was pretty insane. I know it was Central Michigan, but Spencer Sanders looked amazing. Uh, They lost their best receiver from the year before. Didn't seem to matter in that game. Uh, Arizona State's a better defense, certainly, than that. But uh, Oklahoma State, the other thing that stood out to me when I was looking through the numbers, Oklahoma State played extremely fast in last week's game. Snapped the ball every 19.2 seconds, uh, which is the third fastest of anybody in, in week one. So they were really uh, booking it, and that's even though they had the lead, you know, and a big lead most of the game. And Oklahoma State, that final score was really not indicative of how that game went. They, they really did. Uh, shut it off there and let uh, Central Michigan back in. I know I had some friends who had Central Michigan plus the points in that one. They were pretty excited how the fourth quarter went, but Oklahoma State dominated that game. I will say that I'm not a huge fan of Arizona State this year. I think that all their transfers coming in, it's a bit of a, a tough ask for them to be great right away. Herm Edwards is on the hot seat. He tried to brought, bring in a lot of these guys and hope they mesh. I think Oklahoma State's probably too good for them. Yeah, I think uh, there's a there's a big mess at Arizona State with uh, <clears throat> kind of that you know just considering that program. Um, <clears throat> if you look at SP Plus, the spread in this game is less than six, um, so it's a little closer than Vegas has it. Um, but I think I still go Oklahoma State uh, with the home edge for sure. All right, next is USC at Stanford. Uh, Vegas opened at 11 and a half. Uh, USC is a favorite, but it has since moved uh, to USC minus eight and a half. Interesting. Um, 
I am going for USC simply because uh, I know Blinken really hates Lincoln Riley. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I think USC is going to be great, good this year. Not, I don't think they're going to be college football playoff uh, worthy, like everyone, like the media is saying they're going to be. But I think they'll at least be, you know, New Year's Six Bowl, um, maybe Pac-12 contenders. So, uh, I think this will be a easy game for Lincoln. I think um, Stanford's kind of tricky because they're not a very good team, but they always pull off some random upset. Remember last year it was Oregon. Uh, you know, how Oregon lost to Stanford really is pretty unbelievable with uh, Oregon's upside that they had last year. Having said that, I think um, Stanford has a good quarterback. Uh, they can throw it around a decent amount. McKee should have some success. Uh, I think this will be a high-scoring game, but the total is 67 and a half. So this is an awfully hard uh, total to reach. If you'd have told me ahead of time, I would have thought I was taking the over in this game, but I didn't expect the number to be 67 and a half. It didn't really help that that Rice gave those pick sixes to USC and let them really run up the score. Uh, that wasn't very helpful for this week's total. Uh, I think USC wins this game. As far as the spread, I'm not too interested in betting a spread on this one. Uh, I think nine is about right. Um, my power ratings had USC minus nine and a half in this one. So I'm right about at the line. So I have no real lean as far as ATS. I still lean to the over thinking this will be a pretty high scoring game though. Yeah. Um, SP plus has this right at nine and a half. Um, <clears throat> I think, uh, if you know, you had intuitively, if you'd have given me a total number, I probably would have put it, uh, maybe mid to high fifties. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty high scoring game actually. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to pick USC to win this against my better judgment. All right, let's move on to Washington State, Wisconsin. This opened at um, Wisconsin favored by 17, has since moved barely to 16.5 Vegas Insider Consensus. Um. I'm I'm going Wisconsin just because I think they've been better last five years. I'll I'll use uh, um, recency bias in this pick, and obviously there's such a big spread, so I think Wisconsin got has this easily. You know, it's Washington State, so not too worried about it. Yeah, for for me on this one, uh, the question is: Can Washington State even slow down Braylon Allen and the the running backs for for Wisconsin? And I would think the answer is no in this one. Um, you know, Mertz, Mertz is supposed to be better than this. Uh, you know, is he actually going to improve for the Wisconsin passing game? Uh, that's a issue that they'll have to come up to uh, when they face better competition. I don't know that it matters too much in this game. Uh, Washington State's defensive line and linebackers are not very good. And I think that's a bad problem to have when you come up against Wisconsin. Uh, the thing about Washington State is they brought in uh, Cam Ward. They have him from uh, Incarnate Word. They bring in that offense. They try to throw it around a lot. They, they won 24 to 17 against Idaho in game one, which was not impressive. I think they were favored by about four touchdowns in that game. So they didn't uh, play terribly well in that one. Uh, Washington State did have three fumbles lost in that game, so that has a lot to do with it. 
Uh, as far as the uh, posted total, I've seen the total moving up in this game a decent amount. So somebody thinks that there are going to be enough points. This one was 46 and a half. It's gone up to 49, 49 and a half. Frankly, uh, that's pretty high for a Wisconsin game. But Washington State will probably give up a decent amount of points here. So the question is, how many will they be able to score? Uh, polar opposites in teams here, right? Because we have Wisconsin wanting to run the football and play as slow as you possibly can play. And Washington State, who snapped it every 21.59 seconds in game one, which is a very quick pace, uh, it couldn't be more different. They want to throw it around constantly. The other thing that I think we should say is Leonard's a great defensive mind for Wisconsin. And there's, that secondary should be ready to play in this one. So if I had to bet a side on, uh, against the spread, I would probably bet Wisconsin here. And I, I think they're a pretty safe uh, straight up pick here. Yeah, I uh, this is one of the biggest uh, spread differences from <clears throat> Vegas and SP Plus. This uh, this is sixteen and a half for for Vegas, and uh, the current kind of implied spread for SP Plus is uh, Wisconsin favored by twenty four. Um, they do not have much faith in Washington State, uh, and <clears throat> I, I kind of agree with you. I mean. Um, if your weakness is the second and third level in the rushing game against Wisconsin, you're going to have a bad day. Uh, you know, they, they, they pride themselves in their offensive line and that's partially why they have so many, uh, kind of all time running backs, you know, I mean, even Ron Dane, you know, uh, they averaged something silly like three and a half yards per rush when Ron Dane was there, which is the most Wisconsin stat of all time. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take Wisconsin, and um, I think this one's pretty easy, straight up. All right, next let's go Houston at Texas Tech. Uh, Vegas opened three and a half. Right now it's sitting at three. Uh, Texas Tech is favored. I mean, um, I was surprised at how close the UTSA-Houston game was week one. Um, I had a little, I mean, not much faith in Houston, but a little bit more than that. Um, so I think Texas Tech isn't going to give them some problems. You know, they're going to score a bunch of points. Um, I don't think Houston's going to be able to keep up with them uh, in third and fourth quarter. So uh, straight up, I think Tech has the edge in this one for sure. So uh, one thing I wanted to say is I want your guys' opinion based on uh, Tyler Shook being down and then it being Smith now uh, for Texas Tech. I mean, is, is that a downgrade? Is that pretty level? I mean, I know this was a pretty even quarterback battle going into the season. Well, the beauty of Tech is all their quarterbacks are all the same. They're all really good at throwing it, so I don't think it matters. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, attach a great arm to a Sims character, and you've got a Texas Tech quarterback. So uh, I, I don't know that it's going to matter a whole lot, to be honest. Yeah, and I, I think you could argue um, Smith moves pretty well, too. So, his, you know, he could do some things with his feet. 
as far as this game, the thing that kind of stands out to me from the Houston game is Houston edged out UTSA, and they really should have lost that game. If you look at all the post-game expectancy, uh, they had a 4% chance of winning, according to Bill Connolly's stats. Um, they had two plays of 20 yards or more. What happened to their offense? Because UTSA's defense is really not very good. Uh, you know, I think Clayton Toon is pretty good. Uh, and in general, I would think Houston would have a good season. But they had been hyped up quite a bit coming into the season. And um, they were very fortunate to escape with a win in that game, certainly. Um, UTSA was 6.0 yards per play. And Houston with only 4.6 yards per play in that game. Uh, Texas Tech, I mean, there's nothing to read out of them uh, blowing out Murray State. That really doesn't tell you anything. But I think Texas Tech, like you said, scores a lot of points in a game like this. So the question is, can Houston keep up? Uh, I would tend to think no. So I also will side with Texas Tech here. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I was going to bring up the post-game win expectancy. Like, Houston had basically no business winning that game. <laughs> And so I, I think that's going to, you know, them going on the road to Lubbock, the like, you know, out in the desert of Texas in the middle of nowhere, tortillas flying on the field. Uh, there's no way they win that game. So I'm, I'm taking Texas Tech. All right, next I think this is a pretty interesting game, especially with recent de- recent developments. Um, Wake Forest at Vanderbilt. This, this game opened Wake Forest favored by six, but since the Sam Hartman news, uh, this line has moved to 13 and a half in favor of Wake Forest. Um, what do you all think about this one? Um, you know... It's Wake Forest and Vandy. I was pleasantly pleased with how many points Vandy scored week one against Hawaii. Uh, I was not expecting that. They're, they have the most wins of, of all the SEC. I mean, it's just because they started one week earlier, but uh, no big deal. Um, but I think that Sam Hartman being cleared to play um, does change things. I don't think a home field advantage for Vandy makes any difference. I think Wake Forest has this one um, in straight up. Yeah, for me, guys, I'll be uh, honest. I took Wake Forest and Vandy over 60 and a half yesterday. So now it's 66. Uh, I knew there was at least a chance Hartman would play. I wasn't counting on it because I kind of liked the over even without him playing. Uh, him playing is a big bonus for the over, obviously, and so it helps Wake Forest a lot. I think especially inside that offense, Wake Forest, uh, I would say Sam Hartman's a top 10 quarterback in the in the country, especially since he has such amazing receivers. I mean, and who is going to guard uh, Perry uh, here for uh, this Vanderbilt defense? Vanderbilt's defense was so weak um, all through last year. I don't think that Vanderbilt is the type of team that can just uh, be a lot better defensively right away. I think people probably took too much from their game over Wyoming because their defense looked decent against them, but Wyoming or, or Wyoming, I'm sorry, Hawaii in, in week one out on the Island, Hawaii is uh, just a hot mess at this point, just in really bad shape. 
kind of a shame because I like watching those late night Hawaii games and stuff. But Hawaii, they have a lot of room to grow. And last week, Vandy played uh, against the FCS team there, gave up 31 points and six and a half yards per play against Elon. And although I'm not terribly familiar with a lot of FCS teams, I know Elon's not a great team. So, you know, that's not a great look to give up 31 points and six and a half yards per play. Uh, I think this Commodore's defense is still pretty bad. On the other side, offensively, they've been a lot better with Mike Wright. You know, he's been pretty explosive. They have 14 plays with 20 yards or more in those two games this year. So I think they'll score some. Uh, I would still lean to the over in this game. And uh, I think Wake Forest covering this game would, would be my lean, even at minus 13 now with Hartman playing. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I think uh, Hartman is going to give a jolt of kind of excitement, and I think Wake Forest wins this pretty easy. So, give me Wake Forest in this one. Uh, next, we have Tennessee at Pitt. Um, lined open, Tennessee is favored by three. Has since moved Tennessee's favor by six and a half. Um, you know, Tennessee hasn't been known to win games that, that, that count is Pitt, Pitt's ranked, right? Yeah, I believe Pitt's, Pitt's ranked and they're this big of an underdog, which is interesting. Right. So Pitt being ranked and it's at Pitt. So I just don't see how Tennessee is going to pull this one off just based on how they usually play in these types of games. Um, you know, it's at Pitt. They're ranked. I, I think Tennessee uh, underperforms. Give me Pitt all day on this one. That's a that's an interesting bold bold one there. I have to say, I, I think most people are going to be taking Tennessee. Nope, not me. Tennessee. <laughs> okay. Tennessee is not one of my favorites. So. I'll disagree with you on this one, and I'll take Tennessee to win um, straight up. I don't, I wouldn't lay six and a half or seven points with Tennessee because I think this will be a close game. But straight up, I think Tennessee will win. Um, you know, the thing that bothers me about Pitt is that Pitt um, Narduzzi comes and he says, "Okay, I want a, a guy that's going to run the football." So I bring in a new offensive coordinator. Signetti comes in. They run the football consistently against West Virginia and have virtually no success. They throw the ball with Keaton Slovis for a couple drives and they move it up and down the field like it's nothing, you know, very easily moving the football up and down the field. And now they're talking about, man, we've got to run the football. We got to run the football. Uh, maybe you should throw, you know, it seems like you've got an advantage when you're throwing. I don't like coaches who are just stuck that they have to do one thing. You know, if your team is better at doing a certain thing with your talent, I like you to be open to that. And I think Narduzzi is not enough to that. The other thing that concerns me about Pitt, they gave up 5.76 yards per carry against West Virginia. I, I Really, that's stunning to me. West Virginia was not a good running team last year. I don't know where that came from. I assume the Pitt defensive line will step up and play a lot better than that in future games. But they gave up eight plays of 20 yards or more in one game against West Virginia, an offense that I don't think is fantastic. I think Graham Harrell will help them, certainly, but I don't know. I mean, this this totals at 66 and a half. If you'd have told me before the season, 66 and a half in any game with Pitt, 
I'd be telling you I want to take the under. But what I just saw in the first game, and knowing that Tennessee plays so fast, that's a scary under to take. So I don't I don't know that I'm going to be able to do it. I think Tennessee wins outright here. Um, I, I think Hendon Hooker is a really good fit in this offense. Yeah, I, I think uh, so. SP Plus has the spread at about seven, so even a little more than where it's moved to. Um, I'm gonna, yeah, I think I'm gonna uh, go with Tennessee in this game. Um, <clears throat> I think Tennessee's gonna um, win outright here. Um, I think they're a pretty good offensive team, and um, I think they're gonna put some points up on the board and. Put me down for Tennessee. All right, this is this has the potential to be a absolute sicko show. Iowa State at Iowa. <laughs> this one is going to be a barn burner down to the last winning field goal at, in the fourth quarter. Um, this opened as an Iowa five and a half point favorite, which is most of what they scored week one. Right, so six to zero. Uh, that has since moved to Iowa minus three and a half. Um, what do y'all think about this potential nightmare? Um, you know, Iowa looked so beyond lackluster week one against the FCS team. You know, and I, I that gives me wanting to pick Iowa State right there, and then. I would say it's due to win. They they've lost six in a row. Um, it, th- this is their year. Iowa State has this one. It'll be in Iowa. Uh, it's a big rivalry game. Uh, I know that you can throw all stats out the windows when it comes to rivalry games, but I think Iowa State. It, this is their year. Um, yeah, Iowa doesn't stand a chance. It will be low scoring. Definitely low scoring. Yeah, my favorite bet here would still be the under, even at under 40 or whatever it is. I think this will be a low-scoring game. Uh, I don't want to bet this game on the side, to be honest with you. I think this is a a bit of a coin-flippy type of game. Uh, And those unknown games are the ones that I like to stay away from. But having said that, I will say that there's been many years in a row that Iowa State should have beaten Iowa, and they don't beat Iowa somehow. You know, they turn the ball over. There's a bad special teams play late in the game or something. I'm going to assume that that's going to happen again, just because it's happened so many times in a row. I think Iowa is better than what they played in week one. Uh, Iowa's defense is a top three or four defense in the country. Uh, Certainly Campbell's a good coach as well. I respect both of these coaches. I'm going to lean toward taking Iowa here. So I will disagree again. Uh, I don't know that it will make sense how they win. I, you know, a lot of their games don't make much sense, but I, I'm going to figure that we're going to sit there afterwards and be looking through the box score saying, how did they win? But somehow they did. Yeah, um, this is, like I said, this has all the potential for a cheese it Bowl style sicko show. and uh, <clears throat> But I'm going to actually take... Iowa State, because I cannot, in good conscience, predict Iowa to win a football game after watching them score a field goal and two safeties to win. Um, so give give me Iowa State. Good call on that one. 
All right, next, um, I think it's a very interesting game. Um, Kentucky, Florida. Uh, this opened four and a half. It's moved five. Uh, favored Florida. <clears throat> what do y'all think about this game? Um, I don't know. Um, Florida had a great game against Utah. Uh, you know, Utah chose to lose this by throwing that that pick in the end zone to seal it. Uh, they could have won it. Uh, Florida did put up a fight. It was in Gainesville. This one is also in Gainesville. I think that gives Florida a slight edge against Kentucky. So, you know, I think it's going to be a really close game, maybe three-point difference, but I think Florida in the end has this just based solely off of um, the Gator Chomp that they have at, in Gainesville from their fans. So give me Florida on this one. So, uh, first of all, I think Anthony Richardson's about as good of a fit as you could have walking into a new position, right? I mean, um, he looked tremendous in the first game. Uh, 83.1, his PFF grade running the football against a fantastic Utah defensive line. I'm telling you, I think Utah is still a really good team. I I think Utah will have a very good season. Some people are going to get down on Utah. I hope the marketplace gets down on Utah so I can bet them going forward because Whittingham's a good coach, and I think that's a good team. And now Napier's a good coach as well. Uh, Stoops is a good coach. We've seen Kentucky pull off some upset victories in recent years. As far as we know, uh, Rodriguez is still going to be out for this one. Uh, The running back for Kentucky, definitely uh, a hit. Uh, They do have good running backs and good depth. I always think it's funny because Levis, there's so many mixed opinions on him. Some people think Levis is going to be some great pro pro prospect. Some people think Levis is not even a good college quarterback. So uh, we'll see what Levis does here against this Florida defense. Uh, the The answer probably lies somewhere in the middle of those two. But uh, I, I think uh, Kentucky defensively is a little bit weaker than they've been in some past seasons. They don't have a great secondary. I don't know if uh, – you know, Florida can take advantage of that in a big way. That might be something that gets uh, shown more in future weeks. But as far as straight up, I have to take Florida in this one. They have such a great home field advantage. So uh, this one, SP Plus has this as basically a toss-up, basically a pick Um And <clears throat> I'm going to go with Kentucky. I'm going to go with Kentucky. Uh, I think, you know, I Florida's a good team. Um, they definitely have a good, great quarterback. I think they might have a little bit of a letdown. Um, give me Kentucky in this game. This next one is interesting as far as the Vegas lines go because it wasn't what I expected. Um, Baylor at BYU. Um, this opened at BYU a three-point favorite and has since moved to three and a half. Um, what do you all think about Baylor at BYU? You know, I I would have thought it would have swung Baylor's way just based off their like all their O lines um, uh, resume. You know, they got 171 combined games, but that's second in the country. I mean, I, I, is it their home field advantage for BYU? Is that what is that giving them the slight edge? I'm not really sure. But I would, if it was neutral site, Baylor all day. It's at BYU. I still think Baylor has the the 
the edge on this, but if you look at the spreads, it looks like, um, like Blinken said, BYU is favored by three, three and a half. So I would usually, I mean, usually home home field is like two, two and a half points. I, uh, I'm confused by it, but I, I would take Baylor. Yeah. I think uh, home field advantage in this one would be bigger than two or two and a half points because it's a late night game um, at elevation, something that Baylor's not really uh, terribly accustomed to. And, you know, uh, the BYU crowd can get a little bit crazy at some of these games. Uh, This is a big contest for both teams. Uh, Late night showcase, uh, national TV. So this is a big game. I would expect, you know, some kind of whiteout or something like that from BYU in a game like this. I'm surprised. Uh, I see 76% of the bets so far on Baylor, and yet the line has moved toward BYU. So someone... Uh, that the books respect or someone quote-unquote sharp is betting on BYU in this one. Um, I can't bet BYU minus three and a half against a Aranda coach team. Uh, I think he's just such a, a good coach and a great coaching staff in general. Um, BYU is a, a really tough place to play. And straight up, uh, this is just such a hard one for me. This Of all the games, this is the hardest one for me to pick straight up. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to lean with Baylor as well here on this one, but I'm not anxious to bet this one. And I will say Baylor was 10 and four against the spread last year. A lot of times it's kind of hard to find value betting a team that was 10 and four against the spread the year before, because everybody made a bunch of money on them. And now you have everybody betting on them and yet the line's going toward BYU. So definitely a, a bit of a fishy line. So, uh, whatever you make of that. So, uh, SP Plus actually has this as a Baylor favored uh, game by a point and a half, um, <clears throat> but all that said, with some of the things you mentioned, you know, with this being a night game, home field, BYU, great crowd, BYU is a good team. Uh, I'm going to take BYU in this one straight up. Uh, I, I lean just a bit towards BYU. All right, last but certainly not least, not Alabama like at Texas. Uh, this opened um, Alabama favored fourteen and a half, and has since moved to Alabama favored by twenty. That's a pretty big swing for two big programs like this. Um, especially in the direction it went, uh, given that Alabama's the uh, road team. What do y'all think about this game? Okay, so obviously I have to pick Texas because Texas Homer right here. Um, but I'll, I'll blame App State for this. But, you know, unranked A&M, the backup quarterback, who later became a third-string quarterback after he transferred, beat them no problem with with Jimbo's archaic offense like you know I I know they have a great defense too last year so I you know that's where Texas is lacking but I I just don't see 20 points uh, happening right here I, I I would say Texas plays really hard teams closely they don't they they have problem winning them but they play them a lot closer than they do just say like you know Kansas, um, 
you know, it's it's going to be in the heat. Uh, 11 a.m. kickoff. It's going to be like 101 on the field, 110 on the field. Who knows? Uh, that gives Texas a slight edge. Um, I don't know if DKR is, is a scary environment for anyone, so I wouldn't say that has anything to do with it. Um, but I think it'll be closer than 20 points. So whatever whatever the spread goes to, I would I would put it on I'd put it on Texas because win or lose, it I think it'll be closer than a lot of people think. Okay, so tough game. Fingers crossed. Yeah, tough game here. Uh, the fact that you have to take Texas straight up shows that you're definitely a, a big Texas man because uh, taking anybody against Alabama right now is definitely difficult to do. Right, for sure. um, a- Alabama's been great. Uh, I wanted to mention, you know, this is statistically speaking, so I wanted to give a good statistic here on uh, a Alabama first half stat. Alabama's 37-18 and 18 against the spread in their last 55 games in the first half. So Alabama is always really well prepared for the beginning of these games. If I were betting Alabama, I'd bet them in the first half. If I were betting Texas, I'd bet them full game. Uh, I think that Texas uh, will likely want to run the football as much as possible. If Alabama has a quote-unquote weakness, uh, their defensive line isn't quite as good as their linebackers in the secondary. And I'm not saying that their defensive line is bad because everything at Alabama is good, but they're not quite as good as the other levels. Uh, 92% of the bets here on Alabama in this game. I think this game continues to move up. I do want to say real quickly, I know on ESPN, uh, Joey Galloway said that this one will go to 30 points. If this one goes to 30 points, I'm taking Texas plus 30. It's not going to go to 30. The the 14 and a half was the game of the year line that was out long time ago. So this one will go to, you know, 21 and a half or 22 or something like that. And then people will buy it back a little bit. So if you like Texas, I think you want to take the uh, plus 21 and a half or 22 that you'll get closer to kickoff. If you like Alabama, you probably want to take the first half um, against the spread as early as you possibly can. I think the question mark for me is, and, and maybe you'd have some more thoughts on that, is uh, Texas's offensive line and pass protection. You know, Can they uh, keep the pressure off of viewers? Uh, I think that's a it's a tough ask because Texas's offensive line is not their strongest point. You got Anderson and crew coming after Ewers. They really need to try to keep him up right here. So I don't know. Uh, do you guys think that they'll have any success uh, in the passing game, or do you think Alabama gets to the quarterback too often here? I mean, I, I think they'll get to the quarterback a lot, uh, but I hope there's a game plan for that. Sark said he's had the game plan for this wrapped up three months ago. I don't know what the hell that could be but um yeah the o-line obviously is texas's weakest part um you know we think two freshmen are on the o-line it's pretty it's a big ask against against bama so uh if they could just not get him injured that's all i care about win or lose just don't just don't injure him that's it so one month ago i tweeted that i was genuinely scared that Alabama's defense was going to collapse Texas's offensive line into a black hole that would su- suck up the earth. <clears throat> I'm still afraid of that. Um, and, you know, what do you do about an overzealous, uh, overpressured defensive line? You run screens. Okay, 
you're running screens right into a hot, a legitimate Heisman candidate and a an incredible linebacking core. I don't know that there's a way out of this for Texas. Um, the SP Plus has this uh, spread closer to the current spread at twenty, um, at nineteen. Um, also, Joey Galloway also picked Baylor to win the Big Twelve back when Baylor went winless. So, <clears throat> um, we should probably do the opposite of what Joey Galloway says. Um, but yeah, I'm taking Alabama all day on this one. Um, oh, yeah, I think I think. I would take the spread even if it crept up near 26 or so. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. 30 is a little crazy. Um, but, yeah, I think Texas is going to have a bad time. Yeah, uh, luckily there will be beers a-flowing, so I'll be okay. <laughs> All right, we got our picks. Yeah. It was an inauspicious start for uh Blinken Riley. Six and four is not not up to par on straight up. Yeah, I was I, not I was I, not happy with well, that. I was also for, with week one. <laughs> well, don't worry, I got a perfect perfect score on this one. Don't you worry. Oh yeah, I'm sure you nailed it. You picked Texas, so <laughs> 10 of 10, baby. Yeah, 10 for 10 right here. Okay, so uh, Kyle, I don't know if you know this, but we always end an episode with an Aggie fact or two just because it's fun. Um, So uh, you can join in or not. It's up to you. Um, But I'll I'll, I'll start. Um, Since Alabama started its current dynasty under Saban, Texas A&M is the only team to beat the number one Crimson Tide twice, but they have no national championships to show for it. Auburn, they've beaten Bama in 13 and 17 and won a championship in 10. Clemson beat Bama in 16 and 18, and they won two national championships. A&M is the only team to beat them twice, but have nothing to show for it. Awesome. Yeah. All right. I've got I've got one that also plays in the national championships. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs have not won in a championship in 55 years. The Sacramento Kings have not won a championship in 71 years. The Cleveland, formerly known as Indians, Guardians have not won a championship in 73 years. The Arizona Cardinals have not won a championship in 75 years. Those are the longest streaks in their respective sports, the NFL, MLB, uh, NHL, and NBA. If you were to consider college football a major sport, which I, I think I do, uh, Texas A&M's championship streak of 83 years 
is the longest of all five. Nice. I'm still waiting for one more year without championship so I can use that Titanic uh, gif of the old lady saying it's been 84 years. I've been waiting for like the last four years for that. Just for that gif right there. Well, Titanic. I, mean, I think that's coming, right? So like, <laughs> your time will come for that one. I, I, I do have one stat I want to say about Texas A&M, and it's, of course, a betting stat. Nice. Um, Jimbo Fisher has been a good coach to back at home in non-conference games. 21-10 and 10 against the spread in non-conference games. Interestingly, uh, in the conference, he's only been 50-50 exactly. So uh, non-conference, they kind of run it up. Uh, that wouldn't have been – I wouldn't have even thought that. I wouldn't have considered Texas A&M to be a team that you would want to lay a lot of points with against the non-conference opponents. But 21-10 and 10 run – against the spread with a 30% ROI on that. So uh, pretty good there if you're backing Texas A&M in the non-conference. Well, speaking speaking of that non-conference, it's because uh, since they've joined the SEC, which was, as we know, 10 years ago, with their four non-conference spots, I think they've only played – Miami will be their fifth Power 5 team they've played – in a non-conference spot since 2012. Um, so Texas joined the 900 win club in 2018. Oklahoma joined in 2019. At the current win rate since joining the SEC, A&M will join somewhere in 2037. If they stop playing their FCS G5 heavy non-conference slate and only played Power 5 teams, they wouldn't join the club until 2042. They know what they're doing with their non-conference schedule. They that. Yeah, Jimbo knows what he's doing with those non-conference games. Hey, I've got a betting uh, question. Sure. Oklahoma and Texas are currently tied in all-time wins. Who do you think? Who do you think ends the season with that with that record with that lead? Win totals, Oklahoma, Texas. Yeah, so 19. not against not against each other, right? Just their overall oh, season win total. Yeah, they're both at nine twenty-nine right now. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, I think I think probably Oklahoma leads at the end of the season after that. Um, just based on, I mean, Oklahoma, who are they going to be underdogs against? Um, you know, that's a, that's a schedule that looks like they should have a pretty good season to me. Uh, Texas is a good team with a high upside, but a tougher schedule. So I would have to lean toward Oklahoma on that one. Yeah, last you year. You heard it here, folks. It was supposed to be a down year last year, I thought. And they had a 10-win season. I was so angry. So, <laughs> I, I hate Oklahoma so much. <laughs> okay. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Um, so I, I heard you say uh, your power rating somewhere in there. How do, you, how do you come up with your power ratings? Yeah, so um, I go about assigning a point value for each position, you know, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line, so on and so forth, and then coach. And I adjust that week by week based on performance, but not only performance alone. You adjust it primarily based on what the, the betting market has done. And that's one thing that a lot of people do wrong when they try to do power ratings is they just look at the most recent game and they say, well, Team A lost by 25 points, so I've got to downgrade them in a huge way. Um, first, overreactions to one game are a dangerous thing when it comes to betting in college football. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, 
I just saw this team play this way. There's no way I'll ever bet them again. And then that team goes on to win the national title or, you know, have a really good season. Uh, it, they are, they are still college kids. They're going to have a, a bad game at some point, unless they're Alabama, maybe, but, uh, you know, this is a, uh, something that on the fly, you got to be really careful over adjusting your power ratings. So yeah, I just put together, uh, ratings for each, a point value for each. And, uh, I think the most important thing you want to do when you do something like that is factor in depth, because there's a lot of these teams, you know, like a Georgia, for example, I mean, they showed their depth already, right? They already blew out Oregon in that first game. I, I kind of thought that it could at least be somewhat of a game in that one. And it was not from the start. Um, you know, Georgia, when they have one guy, the drop off to the next guy is not that bad. Uh, if you're in a G5 conference and your team say, you know, App State or somebody like that, App State playing A&M here this coming week, which is kind of an interesting game as well. Um, App State, if they have a star drop off, uh, you know, get injured, it's a big drop off to the next guy, uh, you know, so you got to keep that in mind when you do the power ratings. But, you know, I, I focus more, to be honest with you, on projecting totals than I do on sides just because I've had more success on those. But, yeah, that's what I do as far as the ATS is just assign point values for each position. Awesome. Well, um, for those who want to file, uh, follow Kyle, he is on the Twitter sphere. Um, his handle is at Kyle Hunter picks. Uh, we'll make sure and tag him in all of our stuff this week. Um, but yeah, make sure you give him a follow. Uh, like you said, 58% since 2009, pretty darn good. I would take that all day. Um, yeah, yeah make, that's real good. Make sure you, uh, Give him a follow. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, guys. Um, yeah, at Kyle Hunter Picks. My website is huntersportspicks.com. So uh, check it out if you get a chance. And, and guys, I've enjoyed ch uh, chatting and breaking all these games down here tonight. So thanks a lot. Yeah, th thanks for coming. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on the show. That's it for losers.